This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 718, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick Week episode 718. Uh, my name is Connor Kilpatrick. <laughs> and this is my co host, Josh Flanagan. That is not what the script says, Connor McDougal Kirkpatrickson. When I first saw it, I thought, wow, he really butchered my last name. And then, and then it all unfolded. <laughs> we, <laughs> we are a fanboy. You never know. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us. Picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, some other books from the week. It's a listener mail if we have time. It's been it's a it's a long week, so maybe we won't. But either way, it'll be fun. We have a good time. Hopefully, you do as well. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be spoilers. Josh, you had the pick, but also you didn't have a big week because I had a giant week. I had almost thirty books. I, I had a I had a I mean, compared to the the last like six weeks, yeah. it was not inconsequential, but it wasn't giant. Uh, I would say I think I topped out at I never really count, but I think I it was like twenty ish, maybe eighteen, nineteen, something like that. Hmm. Uh, however, um, this was actually Superman Smashes the Clan was the last um book that I had left over from the winter break that I had not read. Oh wow, really? And I know that I had very much enjoyed Made Pick of the Week, the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um. But over time, I went, oh, yeah, that's there. And I knew it was larger than normal. Right. And also, for some reason, I had thought that was it. There was going to be two issues. Mm. I don't know why. There's no, no reason for that. Anyway, so over the be- beginning of the week, knowing I had to prepare, uh, I was reading it. And, you know, a couple of pages in, I went, oh, my God, I forgot. This is amazing. Right. Um, so when we got the new books, first thing I read, Superman Smashes the Clan. Um. And there was one bit in it where I thought, I don't like this. And it was the bit where uh, you find out that the head of the clan is just in it for the money mm-hmm. so that he can go. And I thought, oh, I don't want I don't want that. Uh, they kind of moved along past that and everything else that was great about it. Like, it was they showed the big boss and they were like, yeah, we're going to ignore him. We're going to go with the But did the you grand. read the essay in the back? I read some of it. That that was a real thing. That, yeah. Uh, oh, no. I, I, that I have no doubt. The clan... Um, there's a lot to talk about here, but the, the, at one point the clan died in consciousness of the public because the people, the, the footmen, found out the leaders were just in it to build them out of money. They didn't yeah. really care about the ideology. So that, was a, that was a real that. thing. Yeah. To me, to, and to me the fine. problem with that reveal was <clears throat> I didn't remember who that was because it's been, you know, yes. it, was, it was December when the last issue came out. So for me, having not read two in the same week, mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to know who this is. And eventually they tell you, but, but at first I was like, I don't know who the Malikian I just, is. I just don't think, uh, it may have been a real thing, but I don't think it had any impact on the story itself. Like well, you could have taken there was layers to the, to the organization. I know. But you could have taken it out and the story would have gone the same way. And that's fine. But, you know, and also, and he was the, the boss of yeah, he the... he was the Grand Dragon. Right, but he was the boss, like the Superman, the project that the, the father, yeah, the Chinese father was working on. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Hum, hum, the health department. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just think like that stuff it seemed a little superfluous. Not bad. I got past it. Um, but it, for a minute, I thought maybe I'm not going to like this. And then just sort of as I, I kept going through it, uh, you know, there are just all of these things that I just found so impressive. And I think that the thing that I like the best about it is that there, it's it's a very elegant i'm gonna go with that i was gonna say subtle but it's a very elegant way of talking about a lot of these problems in such a way that it is uh indirect i suppose it isn't hitting me over the head with the fact that we're dealing with social issues and we're dealing with racism and how it feels to be marginalized and all those things you know without using those words without telling me what it is that i should be feeling he's letting you do it and at the same time it has the uh you know the auspices of an of an all ages book. It mm-hmm. really, you know, it, it it's it's heavy stuff. But you could, you know, you could you could show it to a younger reader 
and and they would get something out of it. And so it manages to be at times fun and lighthearted, but you know, not just talk about it's a lot of things at once, basically, and they're very, very elegantly woven together, I think. And so you take that, you put it on top of the fact that, you know, this is a great Superman. Him going back to his, uh, you know, his roots and where we're discovering, you know, we're seeing bits from from his childhood, a slightly different take on is was it in this issue or the last one where he hears his parents talking? It was the last one. Okay, so either way, like that sort of being in the background of him trying to hide what he can do and the little girl being like, you can do more than this because she notices and she notices that when they land, it's it's, you know, like a gravity thing as opposed to anything else. And yeah, they this, here. This is the classic. Yeah. Uh, early Superman. So he has the, the early symbol on his chest and he jumps instead of flies and he runs on on power lines instead of flying and here he finally unleashes the full scope of his powers including the heat vision and the cold yep. breath uh, because his new young friend uh, re- recognizes that he can do more than he can and I, I I just thought it all worked really well I think the sort of motivations of the kid who is the nephew of the the grand, is it the grand scorpion I think um, well that's, that's the other thing I talked about in the essay was that <clears throat> the original radio show which this is based on uh, couldn't use the real terms for the Klan because of at the time it was a legally recognized organization in many states of the United States. Mm-hmm. So to risk a lawsuit, they had to change the name of the Grand Wizard to the Grand Scorpion and the yeah. Ku Klux Klan to whatever they're called here. The Klan of the Fiery Cross. Right. So it, it was interesting to read that in the back. I mean, this is a, this is an entire package. You get a great yeah. Superman story, and then you really get an interesting history at the end in these, in these essays he's been doing. Yeah, and I mean, I actually did read the bit about his his dad and his you know his dad's college friend, because um, I was Dave. looking through the pictures at the back, Dave. And like, I got a little like, that's beautiful. Like, I got a, not, I'm not saying choked up, but I really I was reading that bit about his parents, and I was like, that's really beautiful. Like, it, because you know, like the name of the school was the Unity House, and then you're looking back, you know, what year are we talking about? You know, fi- say 50, 60, 70 years ago, post World War II. You've got this this Chinese guy who has moved here. Actually, from he's from Taiwan. You know, he doesn't speak great English. At that time, I mean, can you just imagine the level of casual racism and just yes, sort of- but also the the Chinese were looked at as our friends. So there was less of that towards the Chinese people as opposed to Japanese people or other. It's true, but just I'm just like culturally, you no, know, for sure it was there. Like, but like I'm through the whole that thing, was, that was the interesting side project of World War II was that the Chinese were allies against the Japanese, yeah. so they were treated slightly differently than the Japanese. They weren't put in camps and they were... Right, but either way, like, sort of going through the world to, like, have this person, you know, befriend him, take him home for, for holidays. Absolutely. Like, I just thought that was really touching. You see sort of the picture of them. Uh, he looks a lot like Gene Yang. Um, mm-hmm. uh, his dad, you know, I, I just thought it was really nice. And I think that that's sort of infused in the characters in here, you know, where there's bits <laughs> where the, the little girl... Uh, whose name is actually not Roberta, we learn. Uh, she's she's anglicized herself, even though she's been complaining about how her brother's doing it all along. You know, they find allies, basically. You know, and the the kids that she wasn't getting along with, maybe it wasn't for the reasons that she thought, or it was only partially those reasons. Again, it's it's a lot of things that get mixed in that sort of make a a story that in the end feels good. You know, like... Great story. Yeah, like the way that Superman story should, Exactly. Um, I have two, two complaints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, two complaints. One, they did say that the S means hope, and I was like, "Don't do that. Don't take that. <laughs> Leave that where it belongs." It's not right. even bad. It was just the, in. It was written in the uh, newspaper headline, but yes, I did notice that. The origin is tainted. Um, and then second, uh, I was looking at Superman's spit curl in this, and it's awesome. I love the way it's drawn. And then they cut to him as Clark Kent, and he's still got it there. And I was like, no, that's the whole thing. <laughs> right. Slick it back. Um, this Roberta kid's not stupid. She knows what's going on. Or I guess her name is uh, Lee. Where is it? Lanshin. Lanshin Lee. Um, and she gets to be a reporter. You're a cub reporter and what, you know, like in the Jimmy Olsen stuff. We, we let eight-year-old kids have jobs. Um, I mean, Connor, what difference would it make from what we read now? So, uh, I just mean at jobs in general. I was watching Mr. Smith goes to Washington sure. and the, the eight-year-old Senate pages. Um, 
this is great, and it's it's interesting that one of the more one of the more Americana feeling stories is written by an, or done by an entirely Asian creative team, mm-hmm. which just goes to Asian, show you Asian American or well, I don't know exactly. I know Gene Yang is, I but think, uh, the whole point is like it doesn't really matter who what your background is to tell yes. these, these stories. Um, and what's great about it was because these are long; these are like uh, seventy pages. Um, you know, at the one point, in the, sort of in the middle, he he defeats, or you think he defeats the the main guy. And you're like, wow, okay, what's going to happen next for the next fifty pages? And so there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of story here. It's a great. This is a there's a great Lois Lane in this book. Yes, and um, a, there's even a cameo from Dick Grayson in this issue. But <laughs> um, the the art's beautiful. We're not talking enough about Grihiru, um, who yeah is one person or a studio or whatever, but it's. It's terrific. It's we talked about it before. It's slightly animated. It's slight. It's slightly uh, manga y. It's 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 but it's all terrific. Great storytelling. And it, it, it also, I mean, it's doing a lot. It's a period piece, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really capturing that. I want to say what's it? Mid thirties, middle of the depression. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Before it's pre world. It's pre World War Two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and like it's great. Like like all the way through. I have no. It's really wonderful cartooning. I was I like thinking the, about this as I as I read it as someone who hosts the animated shows. And man, they should just hand this this collection to Bruce Timm's team and say, "Do this." I mean, this is yeah. this, this would be a great film, very relevant to now. And um, it's just it's a it's a rollicking good time. I mean, there's a lot of ho- heavy social stuff in here, but it's all wrapped up under the gift wrapping of a really exciting Superman story. Yeah, and he's he's and, and that's he's, not to say that they're underplaying it. No, like, not at all. That's why it's, yeah. it's sort of perfectly balanced. It's, Superman's in the title, and he's the main character. But there's about four other main characters here that you get to know really well over the course of these, you know, three issues, which are graphic novels end up being graphic novel size. You know, you've yep. got the two kids, you have the cop, and I say no real well, but not knowing their name, Inspector Inspector Henderson, who's gets yep. who's interesting, and then Lois gets a lot of play here and. Jimmy's a, Jimmy's a pretty big character. You, everyone sort of gets a lot to do. Yeah, I and mean, there's yeah, there's character development. You know, Perry White has character development. Uh, the, the the Chinese kid's dad has, and also the mother, the son yeah. of the 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 nephew of the not the Grand Dragon, but the second command guy. Who yeah, he has an interesting arc. There's Absolutely, just a lot going on here. Um, you know, there's a scene where Clark goes back because he needs a hug from Mom and Pa Kent, which was a great scene. And then later, I love on, that. In the uh, Fortress of Solitude, he gets the same hug from his his Kryptonian parents, and it was just it was just a lot of great stuff going on here, a lot of great storytelling, um, and it really rewards a careful reading. Yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot to notice. It was it was delightful, and I think it, it's uh, it's summed up a little in the idea that you wrote to me. I guess it was yesterday in the afternoon, and I had read I don't know like five or six of my books and what I had read this and you go, so that that's the pick of the week, right? And I was like, well, I haven't finished, but yes. <laughs> and, no, and honestly, nothing even, nothing even came close. Nothing in the last, good, a lot of good books this week, but yeah, I no, mean, but, but no, no nothing in the working, last month yeah. has come close. We talk about this is this, I mean, one and two came out last year. Two came out while we were on break. So we didn't, we didn't get to talk about it, but um, I mean, this, this would be a, if a book of the year candidate, if it came out all in one year, yeah. But since we don't do that, it's the best book I've read in quite a while. Yes. Oh, uh, for like sure. as a, as a full package. I mean, it's it's you know like what's the last great thing you read? This is the last great thing I read. God, I'd love comp. to hear this radio show. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's anywhere. I mean, if it's anywhere, it's on YouTube. <laughs> or I mean, yeah. But this is this is a great <coughs> this is a great Superman book uh, in a time where Superman is having a mini renaissance. That may have ran smack into a wall, but at least we have Superman <laughs> Smash the Clan right now. Yep. And uh, other Superman books we'll talk about in a minute. Wonder Twins number 12, this really is the end of it. Yes, the final issue. The final issue says it very clearly. On the cover. Um, on the cover. There's, I'm not getting this wrong. Uh, I, it was – I laughed a lot mm-hmm. uh, reading this one and the next book that we're going to talk about. You know, this did the this did the Russell thing yes. where, you know, at the end, there's still the fun. But, you know, the, there's a weight that you stick with these ridiculous things. I don't I don't know how he does that. And also then there's, you know, surprising things where the, the scrambler who was the villain for the first sort of half of it 
sort of isn't. And like they, a couple of things happen. One, at the beginning, they're on the run from the Justice League, which I was like, that's weird. And then the Justice League listens to them and reverses. Mm-hmm. And like the adults go, all right, you're right. You know, we've, we sort of judged it wrong and, and, you know, let's be forgiving. And, and, you know, all, like it was nice. Superman, Superman gives uh, her a hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really sweet. And, you know, they, they set up this new uh, asterisk thing for, uh, what's his name? Philo Math and his daughter to work at. And you, you find out that the Scrambler has switched brains with the sort of head of uh, Lex's uh, corporate prison mm-hmm. person. You know, and, and he's off. He's changed his whole philosophy and he's moving around. There was a gleek moment. There was a heartfelt gleek moment <laughs> where he goes feral, yeah. <laughs> takes out the, the ringmaster guy. Uh, y- you know, it was it was it, it was, helps it was a monkey like, on your team. I mean, they're not on the run from the Justice League. They're just in conflict with them, and so there's a lot of discussion. It's not like the Justice League is chasing them or, or after Right. Them. Well, they kind of – they had the idea that that might happen like because they're, they're harboring fugitives. Right. They're, they're just worried the Justice League would find out they're harboring fugitives. And, right. And uh, so they're sort of hiding stuff from them. But there's a lot of um, just little you know little bits of business. He's, there's, there's been a lot of commentary in the prison industrial complex here. There's been a lot of commentary on – on cable news with the Lex with Lex news and yep. so there's a lot of that gets wrapped up here. Um, it, this was a great issue. He's he writes a funny Batman. Uh, he does, and, and you know, the, you know, the, he knows where to put the weight. You know, he he never really makes he never Zan doesn't really undergo any character development. No. He's just along for the ride, and that's funny. It works. Um, it was just really good. Again, there, there, you there know? was one point during the emergency where they turned into a puddle and a pug. <laughs> like we panicked, <laughs> <laughs> and that was funny. Yes, it is. It was. It, it was just you know another really good series that at the beginning I thought maybe this will be the one I'm not interested in. You know, because mm. I wasn't excited to read a Wonder Twins book, but it he didn't just matter. Has to show you that he uh, he can take any characters and make it interesting. Well, you know, and part of the the theme you that's love been Red going. Sonia. Well, it's true. No, I but would have and, never and that. part of the thing that I've been, you know, over the the sort of, I'm reading a lot of books that I may not have read in the past, mm-hmm. because that's where the quality is. Right. So the idea of sort of how you judge what you're going to like or what you're going to read is a different thing to me now. Lately, because I'm trying to, you're trying to find gems. You're trying to figure out like what's going to speak to you, and and. You can't necessarily say, as we move on to plunge number one, mm-hmm. that I don't like horror, so I'm not going to read this. Well, um, the interesting about plunge number one is I read it, I I re- remember enjoying it, and then as we were just talking, I was frantically scrolling through it to remember what happened in it because that's, it, it uh, didn't stick with me. That's going to happen about a book that we're going to talk about later for sure. This is a pretty big comic uh, written by Joe Hill. This is, this is another Hill House comic. Vertigo, and it's drawn by Stuart Eminen, who had retired from comics not too long ago, but yeah. is now back. Got Never make that announcement. Got bored. The thing is this. Uh, Stuart Eminen is a modern master, yeah. period. Uh, you've got Dave Stewart coloring over him. So, you know, and, and Joe Hill, I'm not really, I'm not a fan of the genre. I'm not, but he does write a hell of a comic. He writes good comic. I mean, he wrote Lock and Key, which... You know, it's on Netflix now, but it's it was a great comic. He he clearly yeah. came out of the gate knowing how to write comics, which is not always the case with people from other mediums. We talk about this all the time, but he cl- media he clearly, um, as a longtime fan of comics, really studied how to do it and is good at it. He came out of the gate strong, and he's still he's still good. I still am enjoying all of the Hill House books I'm reading, mm-hmm. and he loves yeah, Jaws. me too. He does love Jaws. He, it's almost the, I was like, oh, there it is. There's the Jaws in this one, um, you know. But but and also, you know, he has a voice, you know. Like there's a there's a theme. There's a uh, a sort of a sea going off in a you know Maine like his like his dad or you know like northeast kind of thing. This is actually not that, but it's still we're on a ship. Alaska, you know, right? yeah. There's a working class sort of vibe going on. Uh, I don't think Maine and Alaska are maybe that different. And sort of some of the folks who work on the sea, uh, I've seen that crab show, and I was people, like, those all seem like Mainers. People who escape society. Now, now I am actually totally it's not, it's not much of a horror book until the last page, really. Right, that's true. It's almost like uh, 
um, like like hard science fiction and not science fiction like space, but something's going on with the fish or this this area, you know, that that's things are strange. Well, there's this little island inlet. I don't know if this is a real thing or not. I was going to look it up. I didn't look it up. Where that's like on the border of Alaska and Russia, and it's sort of no man's land where. It's technically the U.S., but Russia also claims it, and you know what are they going to do? I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure that that is a thing that not, like not specifically is, but I'm positive so this, that this that's a boat real full thing. of uh, blue collar roughnecks, uh, salvage experts who you know they're not the, they're not a big outfit, but they're they're a group of charming, long haired, b- hipster bearded salvage experts get hired to go out there um, and invest and find something that it was a ship, right? It was a ship that had been uh, yeah. lost forever. And has resurfaced, and so they they've been hired by this uh, oil company to go get this ship. And meanwhile, there's some weird shit going on with the fish. Well, because it's a uh, the the area is an an atoll, and it was uh, a a crater that was set off by a very big asteroid, not the one that killed the dinosaurs, but the one before or after that, I think. So you know, some alien shit going on or something like that. I don't really know. Uh, and then at the end, oh oh, and then also like. There's a ship that went down, and they're getting a radio signal from it for the first time in 40 years or something right. like that. And so, like, what's going on? That's weird. And we, as we know, it's a, it's sort of a horror book. Then something's going to happen. That's not going to be what it seems. And the last page seems to suggest that, uh, which is not my favorite thing. But and you there know. are dildos. There are yeah, that's imp- that's an important thing. There is a uh, dildo discussion scene. It's a big. He he pulled up a crate of dildos. And he's trying to unload them. <laughs> Ten cents a dildo. Um, I liked it. I did like it. I, I, I agree with you. I think Joe Hill writes good comic. His characters are engaging. It's funny. It doesn't hurt. The art is terrific. Um, there's also a woman from an institute. She's basically Hoover who comes yeah. to help them. Um, it's... Uh, I liked it. I'm looking forward to more. I really am. I'm, we don't we don't tend to read horror, but I'm, I've been enjoying all these Hill House books. You know, you got you got to go where the quality is. You can't say you can't sound like football movies if you haven't watched Friday Night Lights. You know what I mean? Like it's well, it's a TV show. It is a movie also and a book. That's true. I, I couldn't get that wrong no matter what I said, and I was prepared for it. I was going to say any given Sunday, but that's fine too. <laughs> that's a great speech in that movie. That's all I remember about it. It's a great speech. So, from someone who knew nothing about football, um, I was a little. I got my Go nose. I got my nose out of shape about deceased. The Unkillables, number one, the sequel to the deceased books that we loved, it was one of our books of the year. Written by it was written by Tom Taylor, and this time it was written by Tom Taylor with art by Carl Moster, who is uh, clearly in the Frank Quietly Chris Burnham school. What's interesting though is that I don't know who Moster or Mostert or whatever he is, but I was like, I don't know why this guy this guy rated three inkers. Well, yeah, that was the other on the first issue. So I'm like, maybe he's good, but he gets behind. <laughs> so at first I was like, I don't want a sequel because it was a very popular book and I agree. Uh, the inevitable sequel. This is only three issues, although the last one I think was only five. And they added a sixth issue to it, so who knows? But but at the end of the day, I really enjoyed it because this world that he's created is interesting. And, and and as we said before, it's basically this weird Elseworlds story that where where there are real stakes, and and anything can happen. And here we're just dealing with some more characters that we didn't deal with before, primarily the villains. But there's a lot of Cassie Kane and Jason Todd here who exist. This whole book exists in a weird middle ground where some of the characters are New Fifty Two designs, some of them are classic designs like Cassie and her old bat girl suit. Um. I didn't like love it as much as the first one. I think some of it had to do with the art, which I didn't love as much. <coughs> but you know, it's this it's it's the same sort of feeling as the other book. It's true. Uh I think my 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 take on it was that um I liked I liked Jason Todd and 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 uh Cassandra in this as sort of a touchstone that we can go with in the fact that I still I feel like I don't have a handle on Jason Todd at all. Yeah, um, no, one, no one really does. He doesn't. Yeah, like he doesn't I, need to exist. I don't know what I feel of like how I'm supposed to feel. Like if he's a good guy or a loose cannon. Yeah, I think that they need to they need to come up with a a, a standard for that at DC. For them, I mean, this is Elseworlds, so whatever. Um, so them off doing things and him acting like Robin and you know her being the cool character she is is great. As we get into the 
uh, Slade, uh, Ravage, supervillains. I don't care about that so much. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's the thing about DC that was great was that in this world, all this stuff going on, like we had amazing character moments with the characters who we know really well. And, and Tom Taylor just did that really well in those relationships. I'm not going to have that here because there's not a lot of characters who I do know that, you know, at least if say two thirds of the book or half the book are these villains, I will say my favorite thing about this mm-hmm. is, is that Jim Gordon Pretty much every other time you look at him is drinking from a flask. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I know. Shit's going down. And I love that it's not mentioned. It's just in his hand a lot. <laughs> and like you can see him. He's always reaching into his jacket like on every other page. And I thought that was really funny, especially if no one mentions it. I, it's yeah. just an art thing. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, you're right. The very last page, he's, drink, he's reaching into it. That's great. I, I noticed that he was drinking, but I didn't see that last bit. Um, mm. Oh wow! Before that too, it's really funny. You can you can almost time it. Yeah. Um, I liked Jason Todd fighting the Joker's body, getting mad that he didn't kill him, and then trussing him up on front of the Batmobile as like that a, was great. A deer trophy as he smashes through things. Um, I also like Vandal Savage being like, "Hey, I've been through these kind of things before. Like, uh, you know, uh, outbreaks, and we'll be fine." And, and, and you know what? I also I will give the, the you know I'll give the writer credit. He might make these characters very interesting to me, and then what I said doesn't matter. I also really liked Jim when they, the rescue of the kids. Jim Gordon calling Jason Todd Robin and his face, mm-hmm. uh, um, as they're basically the new Batgirl, Batgirl and Robin, and that his face was funny. It's just I mean, there's a reason why we love the first one, and I thought there was a lot here. And I agree with you that the you don't have the really terrific moments that we had between like Black Canary and Green Arrow and Hal Jordan, but like we might get them through other ways and it's only three issues. So it might just be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm in, you know, like there's no, I just don't know how I feel with the art. <coughs> I don't mind it. It wasn't bad, but like there was a real weight to the art in de- deceased. Well, that's not here. What's interesting to me is that, you, I mean, I, I don't watch this stuff, but you said it was a fairly su- successful book. Yeah. Very successful. Yeah. And I don't know any of the names working on this. So I'm not willing to say like they're a B team, but it's weird. Like it's not like they're pulling out even the house guys. Oh, I, I don't. I mean, Trevor Scott and Neil Edwards. I mean, the inkers are John Livesey. Those are all inkers yeah, we, we know, but, but like I've never heard of Carl Most, Moster. Or, or Rex Locus on colors. Or I think right. Saida Tamafante. I think she maybe lettered the last she one. She lettered a lot of stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, the art team is the artist is definitely new, so that was interesting. Yeah. Um, who knows why, and who knows why there's four, there's three anchors, but uh, I enjoyed it. There was it wasn't as it wasn't like blow your socks off as good as the first one, but that's because we already expected it to, to come, I guess. Yeah, we had no expectations expectations of that other one. I mean, only I think we only read the first one because it was a it was a patron, patron pick. pick. Yeah, that's I also awesome. like Jason uh, burying the bodies of uh, of Batman mm-hmm. and and. Dick and uh, Tim. Uh, I wanted. I wanted to talk to you about the old guard force multiplied. I don't know if we've talked about it yet. I don't think it's because I wasn't here for one of them, and then it was over the break. This. So this is the sequel to the old guard. This is written by Greg Rucka, drawn by Leandro Fernandez. The art, the team from the first miniseries. The first miniseries was six issues, and I think four of them were pick of the week. And so <clears throat> we're three issues into this one, and that's what I want to talk to you because. Uh, I'm curious if you're having as much trouble as, as I am. Um, I, my level of excitement is not what it was. I, I, so I, I've been approaching them with, I guess like a lack of excitement as I sort of get going in each one. This is the third one. Yeah. As I get going in each one, like I, I sort of remember the things that I like about it. Um, this, I like this one the most of all the issues so far. Yeah, and, and also, like, I put things to get, like, basically, they're telling the story of this other person that they lost, and I was like, oh, wait, that's the lady from the other one, you know? And I that's, thought that was... That's my problem, is that he didn't really, for, especially for a book that was gone for so long, mm-hmm. there was no hand-holding, which can be totally fine, but, like, I... It's, that's a very Greg Rucka thing. I now. had to be like, wait, who, what? And where and why and mostly who and I really have this was one of the other things I've really lost uh I don't remember who the 
characters. Like I recognize them, but I don't remember what it is about them. And we spent a lot of time in them before. So at the end of the first mini, like you knew, you know, those two guys were a couple and this guy went through this and, and now I don't remember. Right. So I think there are things that are happening that are significant that I'm not picking up on because I don't. Exactly. Remember. And that's that's the trouble I've had with it. Now, this issue I thought was really good. And especially from an art side, it opens up with a tale from a old pirate ship or an old ship. They all just look like that. So I call them old pirate ships. But I, I believe I believe it means old wooden ship. And uh, God, it's a harrowing journey. And Leandro Fernandez draws the fuck out of this scene. I mean, I, 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 I thought this was, there's a great, he's always been good with negative space, but the, usually with shadow here, he uses the opposite with, to show the mm-hmm. water with the, um, the negative space. And it's just, it's, it's harrowing. It's captivating to look at. I thought this opening sequence was just terrific. And then by the end of he's it, I was wondering. like, okay, I have a couple, I know these people a little bit better than I did before. I'm starting to remember things, but it's like, you know, we're halfway through no. Yeah, and I remember the main character pretty well. What's her? I don't. I don't remember her name, but like I, I remember her deal. You know, she's the 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 tough one. She's been around forever. As we sort of get into the crew, I forget. And I remember the the new girl whose name I don't remember either. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was looking at this thinking, uh, uh, I was like, man, was Leandro Fernandez my favorite on Queen and Country? And then I went, well, no, because there was. And there was also like, but I think the point is like he's as good as any any of the other guys. Uh, who drew the first arc? I can't think it of it. Phil Bond. Phil yeah. Bond. It, he at the time he wasn't. We yeah. liked him more than other people at the time. He's a really vertigo guy. Him. Uh, Leandro Fernandez because he draws exaggerated right. faces. Yeah, no, pe- and I feel like people really didn't like him. But as I was, I remember going through it, just going, "This guy's amazing. I don't oh, care he if was he great. draws a hook nose." Yeah, he you know? was great. And um, he he really draws. He trusts the hell out of these books. I mean, there's full yep. backgrounds, full crowds. Uh, it really They're feels beautiful. like a world. Um, yep. But man, I can't just, if you're in a comic store, you see this, it's just leaf through the beginning just to check out this scene. It's, yeah, just, it's it is incredible. gorgeous. Uh, and I, again, I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I know these people a little bit better than I did the last two. And for that reason, I enjoyed it more, but I just wish, I just wish I didn't have to spend three issues playing catch up in my brain. I mean, you know, in a perfect world, you would go back and read the first issues again, and you'd be like, "All right," and then this would probably be be, be better. But I ain't got time is, for that, Greg. Yeah, that's true. But also, you the know, world's burning. We, all, we also understand why comics work the way they do, especially ones like this. I so you, you deal I'm with just it. saying, throw me a bone. That's all. <laughs> hey, throw us a bone at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's how you can help support the show. That's we. There's lots of ways to help support the show. That's the primary one. We think everyone does that. Our next stretch goal is uh, a monthly non-comics media show in which Josh and I are someone, some, some grouping of us who've been on the show will talk about something non-related to comics once a month. In addition to that, we will upload the missing video shows, the minis, the full-length shows to our YouTube channel for the longtime fans who are around ten years ago and remember those shows. So. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's how you can go help us out. Thank you very much. Also, iFanboy.threadless.com. That's where you can find our T-shirts, our Fanboy logo shirt, our Herm shirt, Pickle Podcast, ratings if one is Electro. GDAT, nothing makes sense, nothing matters. Those are all there. And as I said before, we have two other shirt ideas that we are slowly working on. Some things have come up recently that have gotten in the way, but we are, we're still trying to keep the train rolling. Life gets in the way sometimes. iFanboy.com slash support. That's where you help us out via PayPal. If you want to just leave us a donation, tip, it's like our chip, tip jar. People do that. We thank you very much. And also, fm.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find the links to our Booksplode books as well as a general link. And we thank everyone who d- does all those things to help keep the show going. We would not be here without you. And that's the truth. That's that the is truth. the truth. So thank you. There it is. I'd say the most fun book that I read this week, the one that made me laugh a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, like, downstairs like everyone's sleeping and i was like be quiet was jimmy olsen's pal number superman superman's pal jimmy olsen number eight um and i don't really have a lot else to say which is funny because eh, it's not funny it's, we, we've been talking about this a lot it's just neither one of us are big fraction fans and it's the best thing he's ever done as there was, as there was a point at one point where you thought this might be too much but um, I, I think i was cranky that week <laughs> hey, listen you're allowed to have a cranky week i know i really love 90s jimmy so Jimmy think Jimmy's thought to be dead, and so we have a we have a play on uh, Reign of the Superman. So there's four different Jimmys that they're not none of them are actually Jimmy. They're 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 people pretending to be Jimmy the the the, the kids, and so 
I really liked I really liked nineties Jimmy who talks you know, everything's bogus and radical. Um which was what we said and we thought it was cool. And then uh I really liked though the eradicator Jimmy who was like a male model, but it was really just a couple of kids in a suit. Which was which made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the two supermodels tried to get him to come home with their, them, and he's he just starts shaking, and then, and then they fall over, and the girls leave, and there's just two kids who get out of the inflatable suit, which was funny. I'll uh, tell you right now, my favorite panel in the entire thing. Uh, it was on page twenty um, on Gorilla CNN, and it's a gorilla <laughs> with a very stern look on his face, and it just says ook, 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 and then there's the picture of Jimmy. Yeah, it, everything about that panel is fantastic, and so, I just looked at it now and lost it. There's a callback here to the beginning of the series in which Jimmy was on his book tour in Gorilla City, meets that girl, right. they sleep together. The 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 cat, vomit cat from Sinestro Corps War was there, and I, I they got married. I'd forgotten totally about that. <laughs> she reappears here as a almost a Deus Ex Machina. Like, what else could go wrong? And then she crashes her ship into his building and. That was a great conversation. She she's like, remember in Grill City? He was like, hmm, you're gonna be more specific. No, he said the she she said the last time you were there, and he's like, no, because <laughs> he's been back. He's like, I go all the time. It's a city of gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. This is a great book. It it's totally goofy and and full of nonsense and terrific. And the Steve Lieber art is wonderful. oh, I mean that's. That's key. This does not work without him. No, and he needs they to are, the, for this. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, he's he's. Uh, I put him up there. You know, I put him up next to to Stuart Immonen as sort of just like one of the best storytellers and and acting guys that you know he can draw serious stuff. I don't. I don't necessarily yeah. want him to get typecast right as a yeah. comedy guy, but I mean, he's better at it than anyone. So he's just got the chops. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that he's getting work. Yes. For a while, we weren't seeing him, and now we're seeing him more often, which is rad. Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number eight. Jason Aaron with new co-writer Torin Gronbeck from Iceland. <laughs> it's her first comic work, I believe. The mysterious Torin Gronbeck. And Kafu uh, on art. And I really liked this issue. Um, I li- it felt For some reason, it felt more authentic, maybe because I knew that this Icelandic art, right, artist was on it. Uh <laughs> Couple of things here. Number one, no one told Mahmoud Asrar, the cover artist, that they're using the old Thor design in t- inside the book because he's drawing the new Thor design on the cover. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, this is a fun team up with Valkyrie and Captain America and Thor and Spider Man and Doctor Strange. I uh, the the the, yeah. the the Earth is sick and it's sending up all these sort of. Almost antibody-esque creatures to the surface, and they've got to fight them. I balk a little at the idea that like we got to bring Thor into this already, but I guess if you're going to bring him, I mean, this is the you'd bring him in. That's why you do this book to do this. But I thought of they, they're you know they're trying to get attention with it. I'll tell you what the best part of this was: hmm. uh, Spider-Man and the horse. Yes, yes. Which is a callback to one of the tie-ins w- from the War Book. Yeah, uh, the you realms, know. Yeah. Hey, did you know Buttercup? And I was like, all <laughs> oh, right. That was because that was a that was a really good story where yeah. he had a relationship with a horse named Buttercup and then that horse died. Yeah, and I was you know I I was never going to think about that again, but they they brought that back and I think there's just one more, you know him and him and Mister Horse seem to have a little relationship going on. He likes horses. And, horses yeah, like him. Yep, that was great. I really dug that. That was it also funny. for some reason I don't know why harkened back to me. When you were a kid and Captain America would show up in another book and you'd go, oh, uh-huh. like this is serious. Cap's here. Um, <laughs> I also really enjoyed that Tony was off on some other part of the world and jealous of their team up as it got bigger and bigger. It took it just took me a little bit. Like I didn't realize that was him. I was thinking that was I was like, this doesn't make sense. And I had to go back to the first one and they said it who it was and that it was Tony. It was fine. But it took, I was like, what's happening? Um, oh, come on. Oh, yeah. That was fun. No, it was fine. I, I, like, just, I just, like this book, and this was this was a great issue. I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you know. There's a lot of mythology here, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Torin brings to the table. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. I want to talk about Daredevil 18 because I was surprised about that. Chip Zdarsky, Jorge Fornas. Um, Daredevil was a book that was great, 
and then it was a book that was really bad, and now I think it's back to being a book that's very good. Um, and a lot happened here. This is a this is a pretty big issue, and what and so here, <coughs> this is part eight of Through Hell, and a couple of things happened in this issue. Number one, I, I I finally like that cop character. I didn't like yes. him in the beginning, and now I do. Um, number two, a very serious thing happened at the end of this issue with the murder. It was one of those things where it sort of turns on a dime, like the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and number three, um, I love how sort of emasculated and neutered Kingpin has become. It's an interesting yeah. turn for his character. This this rich family has, who is the secret power behind New York, has totally just taken his legs out from under him. And he's just sitting in his bed. He can't do anything. He's totally useless. Which, which set, you know, sets you up for the rise of the kingpin, also. Sure, but I think I think everything's happening now is interesting. Couple of couple of other negative, couple of negative things. Number one, at the end, when all the bad guys show up who have been hired by the family, what the fuck happened to Bullseye? I was. I don't think I'd noticed that until I was just looking at it right now. That that's a terrible outfit. That's the. That's like, of all the many terrible outfits we have discussed. Wow, that is one of the worst. Yes. And then number two, the NYP does not allow beards, let alone giant hipster beards on their cops. Just going to put that out there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's one cop who looks like rock and roll from G.I. Joe, but with like a giant rock and roll beard. Yep. I was like, nope, this ain't Portland. (laughs) Um, I would make – so this is the complaint you're going to keep hearing from me in pretty much everything. Oh, Daredevil or uh, Bullseye's there. Awesome. You know, like like they keep the, the nemesis over and over and over again in every book. You must have hated Batman this week. Uh, I didn't read Batman. All right, well, it's, uh, I stopped reading Batman. Joker's about to be the, the, the new big bad for all the Batman books. Why? Um, got to sell them. Got to move units. It's almost like you could have this team of the bad guys coming in, and like I like I don't mind that idea, but uh, and I guess Bullseye would be on that team since he's the the villain for hire or whatever. But I just thought, Ugh, don't. Please. It's um, interesting and, and, that he's not in the front. Crossbones is in the front. I guess that's Rhino. Well, Crossbones would be leading that. I don't know team. who the fuck those other two people are, but I just, it's I, just is that like a mock one or two through five or whatever he is? Know, the maybe, but guy just, who was in the Thunderbolts. It's just the a really really awful bullseye, and I think he had just showed up in Valkyrie in his classic awesome bullseye costume. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't know if uh, Jorge Fornius is responsible for that costume, but that being aside, uh, the guy's a beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I I know that uh, previously I had talked about like you know if he's just going to be doing a Dave Mazzucchelli act, that's going to get old, and I don't think that that's happening. I think that he's doing his own thing. The scene where the thing that is a big deal that happens, that panel yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> uh, and just really great storytelling in there. No, I think I think when he came on the book, it changed because there, there was a part in the middle where the art was really terrible in the book. Yeah, and uh, the story got, got kind of got plotted down in that affair Matt was having, and like it was like nothing interesting was happening. And, I didn't I didn't hate it as much as you do. It took a dip for sure, but I you know like I I stuck with it. I wasn't worried about that. I but think I know right around when, when Kingpin went to the, on that meeting with uh, yeah, and then got the, the murder happened. I, I I think it's been an interesting book. The first three issues we were like, wow, this is terrific, and then it got mm. kind of muddled because of the art. Uh, it would change and, and not always great ways, and but I think we're we're back, we're back. It's good, there. Daredevil. Those are the books we're going to talk about. There's a lot of books we could have talked about more. As it is, we're already running long. But ifanboy.com uh, is where you can go talk about other books we didn't get to talk about. But let's do the patron pick: Patreon.com/ifanboys, where you can go and vote to add a book to the rundown. And the the wire to wire favorite this week was Bang Number One, Bang from Dark Horse. Bang, Bang. Matt Kint writing, Wilfredo Torres. Pencils, Na Young Kim on colors, and Nate Picos, who also usually has an exclamation point after his name on letters. Blambot. Blambot. What did you think of Bang? Well, do you remember how you said that you couldn't remember <laughs> a thing about Plunge? Yes. Yeah. It, uh, here, here's, here's the thing. Yeah. I am sure... And I understand that Matt Kent is a very talented comic book creator. He has never done a single thing that has resonated with me. That's true. I do remember, recall that. You've never liked any of his big buzz books. And I, I want to because I have a feeling like I want to know what I'm missing, but I, I can't find it. 
And as I'm going through this, uh, I'm, I'm remembering it, and I think, oh, there's some interesting ideas in here, but nothing I grabbed onto. It's a fairly standard take on James Bond. Um, yeah. There's nothing really groundbreaking here. I mean, I it's guess like a meta take on the sort of fictional. We're supposed to be like omnipresence of I him. I guess shocked or something that the traditional Roger Morris James Bond dies in the beginning and then the next time we see him he's a black guy so it's kind of like oh it's the whole debate about James Bond but then the re- the realization is there's always been a he's not obviously his name's not James Bond it's whatever it is Thomas Cord and then so we see a part where he is sort of revealed that there's always been James Bond there's, there's one that looks like Sean Connery and there's a there's two women and it, you know, I didn't dislike it. I definitely didn't dislike it. I just didn't find it as yeah. sort of groundbreaking. So he's uh, – everyone's looking for this book, this sort of uh, old uh, spy novel. That's that's the MacGuffin here that has some sort of cryptology in it that will do things. You know, code – there's code in it. And our main character finds the writer and uh, he that's what he explains that he's always been – there's always been these different versions of him. And also, he has other books. One of them is Die Hard. There's John McClane on the cover. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's going to be some sort of meta team-up of characters here, but um, I will say this. The, the, the book opens and closes with a page from his novel, and he's, he's a really bad writer. <laughs> I don't think I read it. I read them, I read them both. And yeah. uh, not good. Not good. Yeah, I just... There, there was... Basically nothing that that I, I you know it's not bad. It's not like I've read books and be like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> I just I just didn't care. I mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Wilfredo Torres. I believe we know from the the Mark Miller. He's been uh, on a Jupiter's, lot. Yeah. Jupiter's yep. one of them. Yep. Um, Jupiter's the, the second one took place in the past. He's okay. Yeah, I thought it was okay in this. You, you know, uh, yeah. He tells the story well. Yep, you know, good acting, good characters. That that stuff's all going well the way way it should. Faces get a little rubbery sometimes. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of his stuff. I tell you what, the way to, re- to be the way to be a writer is to have a robot do it for you. I yeah, I like you stand so, there like, with a pipe in your hand while a robot types for you. It seems to be the way to go. Well, what this a little bit reminded me of was uh, uh, Mike Carey's Unwritten. Okay. Which you remember? Do you remember I, that I, at I, all? I only read the first. Uh, well, the, the, it basically like finished it. There was an author, you know, and he had like this family, and there was this whole line about what's fiction and what isn't, and like he basically wrote like uh, like a Harry Potter kind of thing, and so the main character was that kid. It was a whole thing. I mean, it's like fifty issues or something like that. Right. It was a much more thoughtful version of this, I think. But I don't know. I'm not that far in it, but. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, yeah, it's it's a take on James Bond. It's a take on the fact there's always been a sort of James Bond in this, you know, in the world, and uh, and to take on you know whether Idris Elba would have been him. It's like a little bit of, uh, you know, a fan service. Is I don't know if that's the right term, but yeah, yeah that'd be it'd be fan servicey. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 not uninterested in seeing what happens next, but I'm also <laughs> not like gonna keep my eye out for it. If it was a moderately heavy week, you'd be like, meh. Yes. If it was another week where I had 10 books, I'd probably read, read the second issue. Mm. If that tells you if we're sticking with it or not. I'm Josh is definitely not sticking with it. No. Uh, I might stick with it, but trending towards probably not. Okay. Ratings. Ratings? Three. Ratings. Two and a half. There you go. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. You give it any level, you can vote that a book to the rundown and also take, play, take part in our hangouts and all the fun stuff that happens. With the patrons, including patron powers. If you give it the five dollar higher level, we give you powers live on the show. Josh, did you prep this week? I, I well, while you were doing the uh, middle bit there. Oh, good, perfect. Yeah. So then you, you can uh, start us off then. Yeah, Colin, Colin Shardling, or as we call him, the Shardmeister, right. um, has uh, the the ability to fling peas with devastating accuracy within a three to nine foot distance. Only three to nine feet. And only peas. Because I'm looking at a room that's, you know, wider than wider than nine feet. He couldn't hit the, he couldn't hit the wall across the room in a certain spot. Nine feet is the maximum distance. Three feet is the minimum distance. 
But again, I want to. I want to. So if, I you, wanna... if you were across a table from him, like a little bistro table, mm-hmm. and he wanted to hit you to pee, he would just miss wildly. It just it, well, no, I, I have to point. It's devastating accuracy. Right. So it, it might be accuracy, but it won't be devastating. I see. Or it would be devastating, but not accuracy. But if you're within two feet of him, the pee's not going to do you any damage. He might hit where he wants to, but it's not <laughs> devastating accuracy. You have to be within those parameters. And again, right. I can't stress, it has to be a pee. It can't be a pee-like object. Right. It can't be something with it. It can't be a rock that is pee-sized. It's a, it's a pee. So as Jimmy Hoffa says, you run from a knife, you charge a gun. You also charge a pee. <laughs> yes. Because the closer you get or, to pee, the safer you are. Or you move slightly further away. <laughs> Corey Maurer. 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 Mm. He can control other people's blood sugar levels. Oh, that's nice. So, if you wanted to give everyone a lot of low energy, <laughs> just bring everybody down. <laughs> Wilford Brimley could hire him to follow him around. Yeah, great for people with diabetes, but also just make everyone sort of lethargic. Or 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 take away the hanger. That's true. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of practical benefits, but also, uh-huh. you know. is it passive or or active? <laughs> no, active. He he actively can control your blood okay. sugar levels. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Aaron Jensen takes perfect profile photos. Without even thinking about it, like take a picture, like, and this is the optimum profile photo for you in any of your social media needs. Are they all in silver tone? It's it depends on the person and the need. Mm-hmm. The point is, he knows how to all of yours uh, are conceive and execute. Yeah, that's just a thing I'm going through right now because it's fun. And so this is this is better for your your Twitter profile, post your Instagram profile, so he would know. Yeah, he's just a social media expert. It's 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 more than that. It is, there's magic to it. So, listen, I don't know what it is, but this is the, he's like a kingmaker, but with profile photos. Matt Damon can remove all stains. Wow! From clothes, from furniture, from rugs. Here's my problem. Mm-hmm. Every single time, I'm not exaggerating. Every single time I get a new piece of clothing, and I always wear new clothing immediately. Mm-hmm. I get clothing, I put it on. I then cook dinner, and I will get hit with one droplet of oil yeah. or grease, and I will ruin that clothing immediately. And it's very hard to get that out. Well, first of all, why do you do that then, if you know you're going to do it? Listen, we find ourselves in patterns. Do you not have an apron? I do. It has it has a Superman symbol on the front, but has a J in it <laughs> instead of an S. What does that mean? Like Super Josh. No, I know that, but the S stands for hope. So what does the J stand for? Lethargy. (laughs) Disappointment. (laughs) A sense that I should have been better. (laughs) (laughs) Regret. The J stands for regret. It's it's uh, it's for squandered potential. (laughs) (laughs) So. You can get your own <laughs> Patreon power patreon.com slash iFanboy. Uh, we're, we're, we're working through some stuff right now. Let's talk. Let's, I always am. Can we do this one quick or, we, or what do you want to do? Let's do it. Let's do it really quick because I actually, I was like, oh, this is a thing we haven't talked about in a little bit. But Mark V says, I've been reading comics now for about 10 years. Three years in my teens, took a 10 year break and returned seven years ago. I recently wrote my first comic review for a friend's website and will be doing so going forward on a voluntary basis. I was wondering if you had any tips for reviewing comics. I found myself at points, almost essay writing at points, and had to reel it in, and I'm guessing that will hopefully go with experience. Well, first, I would not use at points twice in one sentence. There's a lot to learn about how comics work and what makes them successful. There's a lot to learn about, I would say the same for reviews, how reviews work and what makes them successful, too. Yes. There's just a lot to learn, and that'll. The last line he's got here is the most important one: is that it'll come with experience. It's true. I mean, like, there's basic writing tips, like learn to say what you want in in less time. Get to your point. Don't you know? Don't flourish. But then you know the the other thing is also learn the difference between uh, objective and subjective uh, 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 points of view. Right. You know, like 
if you're biased, own that. Like, I love this kind of thing. So, you know, whatever. And then there's other objective things, you know, like this is bad storytelling. And I mean, also, by the way, learn storytelling, like, like really be able to spot and understand comic book storytelling, because that is the essence of what makes a good or bad comic book, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole ball game, but and all, those, those are all, I mean, great general tips, but the, the hard thing is that we we we, have, we definitely developed a style and a way of doing our reviews back when we were writing the reviews on ifanboy.com for 13 years. Yes. That I think over time became intensely personal. So they may not be the best it may not be the best um examples because we became the faces and the voices of the reviews so it became a, a lot about our personal things and not not like our issues but like what we liked what we didn't like and I, I found myself often starting our pick, my pick of the week review with a, you know, where my head was at because that often mm-hmm. informed what my pick of the week was and and uh, you know it just depends on what kind of reviews you're doing as well because uh, a I would pick s- of the week review I think would be different than a regular just a regular review. Oh, I see. Though I think everybody will approach that differently, but I do know that you know I will react to work that has the person in it. I don't care about a staid review that is written in AP style that has no, you know, that has no point of view that has no, like if you want to make a connection with somebody and actually have people keep coming back to you, then you have to give them part of you in that thing. Mm -hmm. And so that they know to connect with you. People say this to us is that, you know, they connect with one or all of us, you know, where when Ron was here, you know, because there's something of themselves that they recognize in that. And so Using that is not a weakness, but a, it can be a strength that's, if you do that's it. That's well. the only time we found success. Is we we embraced it, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, don't try to do anything but be honest about how you feel about something. Very don't good. Don't worry about what people might think or what the what the zeitgeist says. You know, very often we put a review out, and people would say, "Oh, well, you know, every other review site did, didn't like that book. Who cares?" It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Write what you think is the most important thing and write it the most true way you can write it. That's, can I, that's what I would I, say. I will tell you that the best I – still, I still think of this as the best compliment that I get from professionals, from the people who make the comics is um, – I've heard it from a couple of people, but the, the original one – I don't want to say his name, but the original one was that you know I know you guys are going to say what you think. And so if there's a criticism, it isn't personal, and there's probably some validity to it. I believe I know what you're talking about. And he also said, you guys are always fair. Fair. Yeah, that's a really – that's a good way. He said, uh, had, he said even when you guys don't like something I do, I know, you, I know you're going to be fair about it. Not like – you know, there's a lot of – I'm assuming a lot of this is on YouTube. But a lot of comic review now is sort of ranting. Mm-hmm. And we found success when not doing that. It was – we if we didn't like something, we tried to be as fair as possible about it. Why didn't we like it? Why didn't it work? Yeah. It wasn't because they ruined a character or something. It wasn't from that fan perspective. It was the storytelling didn't work. It didn't the, this didn't work. The this was unclear. The the, the mechanics of the storytelling was what we. Yeah. Would, that's it, you can't. I think reviews that come from the written reviews that come from the fan perspective. And we do it here for for laughs sometimes, but. Uh, come from the the fan reaction as opposed to the critic reaction is no no good. They're not useful. Yeah. No, I I think you're right about that. And I I had, yeah, I had had another friend tell me, I told him something that was good, and he was like, good, I know you won't say that unless you mean it. And I I like that. You know, it's honesty. Like, it's at the core of the whole thing is, is, you know, being honest about a thing, you know, and how you feel. And also... If you are going to pan something, if you're going to be like, this is not good, you, you better be able to back that up. You can't say something sucks. You can't just go, it's, it's bad, unless you have a reason for it. And you can't have a reason for it unless you understand what it, you know, why, basically. And, and, and you know, I, I didn't like it is not a good criticism, you know. And then, you know, on the other side of that, there's this balance between you have to be honest about the work, but there are real people working on it, you know, so you have to, <coughs> you have to mean what you say 
and it can't be personal if you're criticizing a thing unless you want to point that out you know i don't this this goes a million ways yeah uh, there's a million ways to review a book and i think of, over time you and i and then and also ron develop different styles and different yes. ways of reviewing things i think i think i think yeah. mine and ron tend to be fall on the more emotional side of things than yours did and that's just because we all develop different styles and ways and you'll you'll find your own voice and your own way of looking at things as you do more of them. I mean, if you, if you look back, our early pick reviews were terrible. And I'd also say that, uh, the way that we talk about books on the show is different than the way we would necessarily write about them. That's true. This is more, this is more of an, this is more of an entertainment enterprise. So we tend to be more fault, more towards the entertaining side of things, but not not, not, not to discourage what we're doing, but I would say that the way we talk about a book, Let's say Jimmy Olsen this week. It's not necessarily how we would write a written review about it. Yeah. Because yeah. our review here is mostly about giggling. <laughs> well, that I mean, that was the strength of it. Right. Like it so was, but the it, thing is, like, talking about a book on a podcast is very different than writing about it. Yeah. Book. But, I would, but I would say, like, I'm still approaching how I think about the Absolutely. work in the same way. The, bo- the, the foundation is the same, but maybe the execution or the result is slightly different. Because we, yeah. we're trying to be entertaining – but also, it's our it's our voice. You you have to find you have to find your own voice. Nobody can do that for you, and that's practice. You're probably going to suck for a while, and that's really hard because if you feel like nobody's paying attention and you feel like you suck for a while, it's really easy to quit. So you have to think about what it is you want to actually be doing. Why are you doing it? Why yeah, are you spending your time? Most doing likely, that? is people aren't reading what you're going to be writing anyway. So yeah. make sure you're cool with that too. Yeah, oh, yeah. we would. Connor and I would never survive in today's current written, you know, internet. Yes. For very long, yeah. I, mean, I don't even know what the comics internet reviews ecosphere is like now. It's just, I mean, like the, the you know the the clickbaity headlines, and oh, yeah, it's not yeah, even yeah. clickbait. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. It, you know, we're lucky we got into the thing early. Anyway, we could go on for hours. I often, you know, I often like, see people miss saying they miss all these old comic sites, but uh, they they're they're gone for a reason. Yes. Yeah. No one. I, think, I mean, no one cared. Yeah, the audience for the kind of thing that we do. Tends to have a limit to it, I think. So thanks, Mark. Good luck with your reviews. And uh, if you want to write to us, you can write to have us. Have fun. Yeah, have, have fun. Have fun. Contact.ifanboy.com is the way is the get, way to get to us. A lot of, we got a lot of great emails this week. And if we hadn't had... It's true. It was, it was of course, the, the week we got a ton of great emails, uh, we had a ton of books to talk about. So sorry about that. I thought about, uh, maybe this week we'll do four emails. But I was like, nope, too many books. Nope. No, they're there. We doesn't mean we're going to get great emails next week. So, right. you, but you're totally right. Um, uh, Talksplode with Matthew Rosenberg is still out there. Um, one of the last ones I put out. Uh, I have another one scheduled to record for next week that will be out by the end of the month. Um, and then I, I am going to do a March one, and then I'm going to be on the new schedule. Wow. So, yep. Wow. Three three in the first month. The first three mm-hmm. months. Crazy. Well, they didn't. They uh, they had to wait since October, so that's fair. Uh, and then our Booksplode episode on Batman by Neil Adams, uh, book three, uh, is available uh, for your color criticism. It seems to have uh, caught fire. Uh, we've yes. had more, more response to this one than we've had in a, in a while. And also, if you go into the, the comments for that episode, there's some interesting uh, facts and, and follow-ups that people brought in uh, that I, I did not know about. And uh, you know, it was... It was uh, Basically, it's it's understood now that Neil Neil Adams did the coloring himself, because um, right. he'd mentioned that in the neuro. No, not at all. But you know, you know, at least that guy did it. I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, you know, that was an interesting. It was a little different than our normal books blows, I think, um, but uh, valuable. I thought for good, me. It was and a good you. time. It was a good conversation. Also, Tripwire Awards. If you consider voting for those for Bill Sinkevich's Revolution Volume One in the Best Collection categories, a book I worked on last year, the link to do so will be in the show notes. I know I said last week I would look to see when this is, when this is going to be over, but I forgot. But if you would <laughs> consider voting for that, you can vote for all the Tripwire Awards. It's a UK Comic Award. Uh, you can go find the link in our show notes, but if you would consider Bill Sinkevich's Revolution Volume One in the Best Collection category, if everyone listened to the show voted, it would win hands down. I know you all won't, and it's totally fine, but if some of you do, that'd be great, and I appreciate that. Also, head over hey. to fanboy.com. You'll find all of our shows. I don't think you can find their old Pick of the Week reviews there. I think in the switchover, that particular subcategory got lost somewhere. 
That's... So you can find a lot of our old articles, but I don't think you can find the old Pick the Week reviews. Well, that's a benefit and a loss at the same time. They are they are, they are, they are in a database somewhere. They just aren't public yeah. facing. Um, and I, at some point in the future, I would maybe try to rectify that. But in the meantime, you can go back there, listen to all of our old shows, find a lot of our old writing over at fanboy.com. Find out what the pick is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following ifanboy on Twitter or ifanboy comics on Instagram where you also get the best of the weekend panels feature. And individually, we are C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram, J.A. Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like this show, do what you can to let other people know about it. Maybe that's writing a review, leaving a star rating on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever, wherever they rate things. Uh, maybe it is posting on social media about it. Um, you know, tell, talk to people at the comic shop if you're there. Uh, it's, you know, it's funny. Uh, I ordered a comic book. Uh, it was a, there was a, a Star Wars comic book a couple of months ago that uh, I was name checked in, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of. And I was like, oh, I should own a physical copy of that. And I got a comic book in the mail. It was packed very well, eBay seller. Um, and I was like, I haven't held a real comic book in years. Hmm. And I was like, these are awesome. <laughs> like it was, it was like, it was a whole other thing. And I was like, oh, right. Like these are awesome. And I felt bad about digital for the first time ever. I'm not switching over, but you know, like because of how we have to do things. But I just like holding the comic book. I was, I was like, oh, this is wow, this is a special thing, and it had been so long, and I felt like I was like, that is super lame of me having done this show for this long. <laughs> anyway, if you're at the comic shop, you want to talk about the show, you do that, but uh, that was a little moment that I had. It was kind of cool. Do you not hold collectors anymore? I mean, trades are one thing. It was like an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've, 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 I have my books. I've read the books. We've done that. But just like an actual sort of floppy comic book issue. Don't call uh, Don't call I'm sorry. Well, it was just a... a I didn't issue. call... I used it as an adjective, not a noun. Okay. So that's that's key. All right, so we'll be back. I'm stretching. Ah, there's we'll- there's my other there's that's I mean that's my other review thing is choose your words really fucking carefully and understand what they mean and what they do. Words matter. Words matter so much. I, I can't careful. We are two jamokes. We are. I'm Kyle. I'm Josh. It's been a long a long time coming, but I know